What does the Bible have to say about our entertainment choices in the 21st century? You might just be surprised at some of the answers to that question. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, here at Plugged In, we sift through a lot of media and entertainment stuff. We've got movies, of course. We've got TV shows. We do music. We do books, games, websites. And week in and week out, we really try to help you know what to expect in all of those things. And of course, we're coming at it from a biblical point of view, and we want to let the writers of Scripture shape how we should think about the world and its entertainment all around us. So today we're going to be talking about several passages of Scripture. And when taken together, uh, I think that they can give us a critical thinking grid that really helps us to evaluate whether our entertainment choices are going to be beneficial, which as we'll see is a word that the Apostle Paul uses, or a hindrance to our and our children's spiritual growth. In our second segment, we have something that, oh, I'm not sure I ever thought we would be talking about. (laughs) Uh, If I had to come up with a list of people voted least likely to perhaps become a Christian or a spouse Christ, I think Eminem would be on that list. But, But there's an interesting new song out in which he is... He's singing about Jesus, and we're going to talk about that. Well, before we jump in, I would also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave us a review and let others know what you think about the show and what they can expect, because that will really help bring others into The Plugged In Show fold. Thanks. Well, joining me for a weekly conversation today are Emily Clark, Bob Hoos, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. We're going to be talking about the Bible today. And before we get too theological, I thought it'd be interesting to get a little personal too. So what is your favorite passage of scripture and why? Mm. Who wants to lead off Mm. with a little bit of confessional scripture time? Great. Okay. Uh, Mine would be 1 Corinthians 8, 2. Okay. If anyone supposes that they know anything then they have not yet known what they ought to know. And essentially, even though that sounds like doublespeak, it's, it's, in my mind, God pointing at the fact that we don't know anything. Hmm. We, we all think, well, I'm an expert in this or that or whatever. We, we think that we know everything there is to know about uh, politics, everything from politics to to uh, history, to and but, but we really know nothing. Mm. Essentially, God is saying that um, the greatest proof of our ignorance is that conceit of mm. knowledge. Wow. That's amazing. Does that encourage you, Bob? It does. Okay. It does. It, well, it, basically, it keeps me on the straight and narrow. Mm. I, I don't... Uh, keeps I, you from getting too full of yourself. Yeah, I, I don't... Because, you know, that's a problem I don't expect you. that I am an expert <laughs> in anything. I am simply a person who is hopefully continuing to learn. I love that. I love that. Well, Jonathan, Emily, who wants to dive in next here? Ladies first. Ladies first. I guess Emily is next. I then. should have said not it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I found this verse when I was like a little kid, and it just kind of stood through the test of time, which is uh, Psalm 56, 3, hmm. when I am afraid I will trust in you. Oh, that's and a good it, verse. It's just, it's nice. And, you know, it does mm. kind of convict me to remember that, you know, I need to 
it, rather than try to solve things on my own, I need to seek God first, you know? Okay. And Yeah. Love that. Jonathan? I totally re- resonate with the psalm, Emily. It, it's like uh, during tough times, the psalms are just a place where, where um, you know, people, it's funny, Christians, we always have these terms, and one of the terms is, you know, when God showed up, which is always funny because <laughs> he's always there. Right? But I think for us, sometimes it's more that, hey, we actually opened our eyes and realized, hey, he's been standing there the whole time. Um, <laughs> for we me, showed Psalm, up. Yeah, we yeah, showed yeah, exactly. up. Yeah, exactly. We actually showed up. Thank you, Bob. I think Psalm 34 is that for me. And, and I mean, it's the whole Psalm. And, and most of us might know it from the taste and see that the Lord is good. But it's, it's one of those ones that kind of begins in the early verses with the, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. But I, th- I think my favorite part of it is down in verse 18 because he says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And, um, and a lot of us have been there. And when you're there, um, that psalm is one of those psalms that just reminds me that he is there. And, and he's there for us. And especially when we're vulnerable, um, he's like, hey, are you ready? You're almost at that point where you realize that other verse that Bob just read. Wow, I, I know nothing and I, I just need you. Hmm. <laughs> and, and that's where it's at. So for me, that one always resonates. So yeah, good question, Adam. Thank you. I love that. Well, thank you for your affirmation because Emily didn't actually like the question. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's okay. I, I'm picking a Psalm too. Mine is Psalm 1611. You've made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. And frankly, I'm not even really worried about joy or pleasures, but the core of that verse that I, that I hang on to is that God has said he will fill us and we are made to be filled by him. And when we choose something else, there is necessarily going to be that that sense that ah, this doesn't get it done. Hmm. And there are a lot of things in the world that I think can fill us momentarily. You know, they'll give us a good feeling. Uh, but ultimately, my soul longs for God. And I'm thankful that he has said, if you come to me and seek me, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, I will fill you and I will make known to you what real life looks like. So... That see, is see, my favorite. You, you should have said, what's your favorite psalm? And then we could well, all be yeah. so, <laughs> Well, you know, we got three out of four of us. So, you know, we'll circle back to you next time. On okay. That one. okay. Fair enough. Well, we're going to be talking about scripture today. And each week on the Plugged In Show, we try to deal with entertainment from a certain point of view, and namely a Christian one. That doesn't mean we all always come from exactly the same lockstep perspective. I'm sure you can recall some disagreements we've had on this show from time to time if you've (laughs) been a long-time listener. Uh, We each have different experiences and come from different backgrounds, but we share a common conviction that the Bible is God's word to us. And we want to let that guide our thinking and our values and our decision-making in everything. And it can be easy to think, well... Entertainment's just entertainment. It's not that important. But we would argue it is important because it shapes the things that we care about and maybe sometimes in ways that that we're not aware of. And so the shorthand phrase that we'll often use to talk about this goal is something like this. The Plugged In Show is designed to help you grow in biblical discernment. Now, some of you, depending on your background, will know exactly what I'm talking about when I use the phrase biblical discernment. But there may be some others out there who aren't totally clear what that looks like in action, in concrete application to our relationships 
and to the choices that we're making in terms of entertainment. So today, we're going to unpack that idea in a way that I hope is really specific and applicable to you and your family. We've identified about a half dozen or so passages from the Bible that can help us, hopefully, to see our entertainment choices from God's point of view. And I don't think any one of these passages alone gets all of the heavy lifting done, but I do think when you sort of stack them up on each other, uh, we get a really firm foundation, if I can, if I can use a biblical metaphor. And, and there's probably people out there wondering, wait a minute, I didn't know there were any verses about movies and TV. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there are. And I think that the amazing thing about God's word is that even though it was written 20, in some cases, 25, 26 centuries ago, it's still incredibly relevant right, right. to the things that we face today. Uh, and even in some of the verses we're going to talk about today, the Apostle Paul especially was dealing with cultural situations that were remarkably similar mm -hmm. to where we're at today in terms of where he was at in the Roman Empire. So let's dive in. Emily, can you give us Proverbs 423? Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Okay. So what I want to do today is just take each of these passages and spend a few minutes and ask some some similar questions. What's the main principle here, and how does it apply to our entertainment choices? Why is guarding your heart such an important thing to keep in mind when we talk about entertainment and when we talk about our kids' entertainment? Well... You know, this kind of reminds me of another passage, um, which is Matthew fifteen eleven. Yeah. It's, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, what, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And I think basically, um, you know, I wrote a blog about this, about social media etiquette. It's like when you're taking in all this stuff, you sit there and you're like, oh, well, you know what? It's okay that, you know, I watch these things because I'm not doing it in my life. But it says right there guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So it's like you don't even realize necessarily that it's affecting you. But if you get on social media, you'll look at, you know, comments and posts from people who claim to be Christians. And you're like, well, if Jesus was sitting there reading your post, I think he'd have some some choice words for you, you yeah. know, because we we do. We let these things, we let the bad attitudes, you know, that are portrayed on TV, that are, you know, that come out on social media, those things affect us. And then we start to do the same thing. But if you're guarding your heart from that, you're less likely to reciprocate it. Okay. Yeah. And you can also think of it in the terms of your brain. Okay. Now, yeah. the scripture is talking about your heart, but that's in sort of a metaphorical sure. uh, mode. I mean, We're not talking about the organ of our yeah, heart. Yeah, right. We are, Although it's good to guard we that We are too. filling our heads, essentially, yeah. with lots of garbage yeah. that we see. And, and let's face it, in our world these days... There's tons of stuff that is streaming at us. At Anything we touch can pretty much stream some sort of a show to us. Yeah. And there's so much. And we don't think about how all of that stuff spilling into our heads impacts us. Well, here's and, an, can I give an example yeah, of that? Yeah. So I think we're deeply vested in the idea that media affects other people. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it affects you because I can see your bad behavior, but me, I'm cool. I can see everything. I know how it's influencing me. <laughs> I think that we really want to believe that we are the exception. Yeah. Um, but my example that. is think about the last song you listened to, either, you know, streaming 
on a CD, Jonathan will laugh at me for saying CDs, but we still buy CDs because <laughs> we like physical format. <laughs> on uh, your eight track, on it's your okay, on ahead. your eight track, on the radio, on you know, satellite radio. And what happens when we listen to a song? How often is that song going through your head unconsciously, mm-hmm. not because you have chosen to replay it? But a song gets in your head. Like if I sing Baby Shark right now, y'all are going to be singing Baby Shark all day just because I (laughs) said that, right? Not because you want to sing it. But I think that that illustrates the fact that these ideas, and that's music, but obviously we can deal with images when we're talking about television, movies, video games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They continue to have an influence because we have been exposed to them. Even the fact that we watch a movie with foul language in it. It could be a perfectly normal film with no imagery that disturbs us. But if it's got nasty language, that sits in your head, believe it or not. And your mind starts thinking in those terms. I know because as plugged in reviewers, we see lots of nasty films with lots of foul language. And there are times when I have to really guard myself Mm. against Mm. that kind of language in my my head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think that um, another thing to just keep in mind, you know, have you ever watched a movie and then maybe had a nightmare like the next day or something like there are certain or it doesn't even have to be a nightmare. If you just have a dream and you're like, huh, this seems vaguely familiar. It might be because your brain was essentially replaying a scene from the movie, but casting you in the lead role. You know, you don't realize yeah, and I had a dream the other night that was about a movie trailer, and I woke up. I'm like, oh, that would be a See? good movie. <laughs> Bob, tell us about Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I think there's really two great points in there that I would jump on and and want to talk about quickly. Let me go to the second one first. Um, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but Mm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. I mean, the fact is that, you know, we were just talking about being transformed uh, or conforming to the pattern of our world. Yeah. But, but what is the renewing of your mind? The renewing of your mind, in my opinion, only happens when you are thinking more deeply on things. Mm. In other words, you are looking at at scriptures. You're looking at history. You're looking at, at the things around you that you're, you're, fine, you're reaching for good things and you're thinking deeply on that. And I think to a great extent... Our culture, our current culture, doesn't really allow you to do that very yeah. often. No, now, I, as, as I was just saying about, about this constant streaming thing, if you're constantly entertained by the newest show and it's right there at your fingertips, you don't have to sit and think about it. You just have to just absorb it. Yes. Mm. And I think that one of the things that we talk about here at Plugged In, a, a really important principle, is moving from a stance of being passive consumers to being active, critically thinking, um, you know, agents in our own sort of entertainment choices. It doesn't mean we can't laugh. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy a great story, but we're not just switching our mind off. You know, I've talked before on the plugged in show about 
the danger of vegging out. You yeah. know, I just want to switch my mind off. I was like, okay, I get that. We all get tired. We want to relax. Sometimes we do that with a movie or a TV show, but we have to be aware that those ideas are sweeping over us. And sure. I love the J.B. Phillips paraphrase of this passage. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And it's a really lovely paraphrase of this idea of being conformed to the world. Right. And I think the thing is, again, we think, well, I'm not going to be conformed to the world. But the fact that we think it's not an issue makes it actually more likely that that will happen. Yeah. And we have to recognize that in this day and age, so much of what we are consuming isn't naturally this nice organic story or or emotional presence, but a lot of it is shaped and formed to deliver some kind of agenda or some kind of social message or whatever. You know, it's it's shaped to get these ideas into our head, and we've got to recognize that and not just let them spill over us. That's exactly well, right. So that was the second thing, but the first thing okay. I, I think I'll go back. I'll go back to the first point I see here. Um, the, the the whole idea about uh, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I think, you know, we hear those kinds that kind of phrase, and we think of all kinds of odd images. What's what is a sacrifice and right. all that? But the fact is, when, when it's talking about being a living sacrifice, in in my mind, that means he they're talking about devoting your life, mm. giving over, sacrificing some of the things you may mm. be filling your time with yep. and giving over yourself to God's will, to God's glory. And if you are then serving him in your world, in the world you're in, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, just, okay, you must stand on a street corner and thump a Bible all day long. No, you're, you're being God's messenger that is connecting with people, hmm. that is taking the time to love and care for others. And you can't do that if you're just sitting in front of a TV uh, doing the scan button. Yeah. And that, I think, is a great segue. Jonathan, I want to ask you to talk to us about uh, the passage Second Peter 2.19 and, and why this is important uh, to us. There's, it's a short passage, but man, I think it has a lot to say about where we're at culturally. So, Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Because it's, it's one of those, I mean, the verse actually reads, and it's kind of in the middle of a sentence, so I encourage you to read the whole thing. But for time, I'll read just the sentence, the 19. It's, <laughs> they promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. And in that little verse, it's just talking about basically uh, kind of who's in charge of our life. And, and uh, if you go to any of Paul's letters, uh, he would agree with Peter here because it's the same thing. It's, it's about this, this freedom we have in Christ. And I like to think of it as, uh, it's kind of cool when most of us kind of know that sometimes we have a certain friend and if we hang out with that person, uh, we find ourselves sometimes getting in, in trouble. Or maybe when we were young, we remember that, you know? <laughs> and then we have another person that we hang out with who encourages us towards good things. And, and we find that when we're with them, we just naturally, we we're involved in good things. We're doing good things. We're talking about good things. And, and so many of these passages, I think we can get caught up in, hey, what, what's it saying what to do? And the thing I like about this is, man, I tell you, so much of Scripture is not about what we do, but what Christ has done. Hmm. And I think that's where the focus is. When we basically say, man, I can't do enough. I'm not good enough. I need Christ. Christ frees us from that bondage, that slavery that we're hmm. in. And I encourage you to pick up 
you know, Galatians 5 and start reading there because it's that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And whether it's, you know, Galatians 5 or whether it's Colossians 3, all those passages or, or Ephesians, I mean, all through the thing, it constantly talks about here's the way we were beforehand when we were pursuing our own stuff. But then when we allowed Christ to renew our thinking, he freed us from this. Here's now what your lives look like. And it's not just try to do these things. It's right. actually not that at all. It's not it's, legalism at all. It, yeah, not at all. It's, it's when he is changing, when you give up and say, I can't do it. He'll sit there and say, okay, okay, let's go this way. And you're hanging out with him. And this is the stuff that starts to flow from your life. This is the fruit that begins to grow in your life. And, uh, I'll often read the Colossians 3 because that's kind of a list of, hey, here's when you're setting your minds on these things where you're hanging out with Christ and you've kind of like, remember the verse uh, that I think Emily read, the above all else, guard your heart, right? Uh, the Proverbs 4. It's, you know, same thing. It's This is your, set your heart on this. This is really who you're choosing to follow because when you follow Jesus, this is what's going to flow from your life. And that's good stuff. You know, that's... Jonathan's made an, an excellent point, and I think we need to just reiterate the fact, because I think so many people believe the Bible is just a book of rules, mm. a book of slap you on the wrist, this is what you cannot do things, but it's much more. It's it's like Jonathan was saying, the opportunity to be free from all the things that have enslaved us in the past. Mm. Absolutely. And and I want to come in and reinforce that point with our final passage that we're going to talk about today. And it's actually two passages because in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul says essentially the same thing twice in two different spots, but he says it a little bit different. So in the first one, uh, it's 1 Corinthians 6.12, and he's quoting a Corinthian sort of proverb, if you will. And so that is... I have the right to do anything you say. And then Paul comes back and says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I'll not be mastered by anything. Paul comes back and says, and then he, he essentially repeats it with a little bit of a different twist in chapter 10, verse 23. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And I think this is a great, practical passage where Paul is taking the culture he's in at the time and he's giving us some questions to ask. And here's where I want to, to bring things in for a landing day. There's so many other passages that we could talk about, but we've talked on and on, but we've talked on and on <laughs> now, but I, I think that we can come up with some questions as you're thinking about entertainment for yourself and helping your kids to think about it. Here are some questions you can ask. How is this entertainment affecting my heart? How might this choice influence me to embrace the world's values? Is this choice beneficial and constructive, as Paul was just saying, or am I being mastered by it? And then, like we talked about with the passage in Second Peter that Jonathan read, am I being enslaved by something that has mastered me and my self-control? So these are, are ways that we can take a step beyond, as Bob was talking about, oh, the Bible's just a bunch of rules and it's a joy killer and I just have to stop doing everything fun. As opposed to that, we we come at it and say, no, Scripture gives us some very concrete ways to evaluate how our entertainment choices might be affecting us 
and we can teach our kids to begin asking those questions as well. So you'll find a list of all the passages that we talked about today, and I'll include those questions as well in the show notes for today's episode, which you'll find at the Plugged In blog for our conversation this week. Thanks, everyone. Well, in our second segment today... Eminem and Jesus, man, <laughs> I confess somebody told me about this last week and I'm like, nah, are you sure this isn't like a Babylon <laughs> B article? Cause it feels so unlikely that Eminem of all people might start rapping earnestly about Jesus, but man, that's what's going on here. So what is this story with Eminem and this spiritually themed collaboration that he's been working on with Kanye West and another rapper named DJ Khaled? Somebody tell me what's happening here. Well, essentially, he remixed um, one of the songs from Kanye's gospel album that came out in 2019. Um and, you know, it's kind of a weird thing, if you ask me, because DJ Khaled is a professing Muslim. He's Muslim. Yeah. yeah. And so and then you've got Kanye, who's just kind of all over the map. And then yeah. you have and then you have Eminem, who, um, you know, when I was reading articles about this, he he did have a song on like his very first album that did talk about, um, I think it was prayer, but it talked about God. But then, you know, he adopted the alter ego Slim Shady and started rapping as that. And it was just, he's just been this profane artist ever since that we've, that, and that's what we associate him with. Um, but yeah, no, he just recently, he's come out with this song. I mean, the dude's 49 years old. So right. And he's been through also, some stuff. He's oh, yeah. been through some yeah. stuff. I think that I think that as people, you know, get older, they start looking back on their life and evaluating it. And they do, you know, we saw it with Kanye. We're seeing, we might be seeing it now with Eminem. It's one song. I do right. want to emphasize that. It is one song. It does not mean that he is now going to be this amazing Christian rapper sure. or anything. It's, but but uh, the, the cool part of it is, though, that at least he's talking about something that others can be thinking about as well. I mean, you know, there's his tons of fans will listen to this song and go, well, what's this all about? And that, yeah. I mean, sure, maybe his repertoire is not necessarily thumbs up all the way, but at least if he's it's not, if it's he, not. no, that's true. <laughs> but, but if he's motivating some people somewhere to think about something positive, I think that's a good. And one of the things that's interesting to me is that the language he's using in these raps is not sort of generic, bland you know, God is my co-pilot kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, he says, for example, so my savior, I call on to rescue me from these depths of despair because he is my shepherd. I'm armed with Jesus. My weapon is prayer. I'm like, well, that's yeah, pretty specific. Um, well, and, so, and, and he's also talking very much, like you said, about his life, yeah. about things that have gone wrong, with, ranging from drugs to the, to the problems that he's had with his family. And those are things that people need to think about, that if you wander into a rapper's lifestyle, so to speak, yeah. you wander into problems. And he's had them, and now he's thinking, what are, how do I pull back from that? How do I change? How do I shield myself from some of those things that have been negative in my, in my life? Yep. Jonathan, any thoughts on this? 
Well, it's it's tough whenever we see this. It, it's I think the question is that parents and families are asking is how do we navigate this with our families? Because yep. on one hand, we can get all excited and say, "Wow, here's you know, obviously some really cool reaching lyrics and and talk about some truth." And it's the, it happens to be the one song on the album that doesn't have a lot of explicit lyrics in it. So you're like, "Oh, right. that's a positive," you know. <laughs> uh, you know, on on the other hand, he just got done you know rapping with Snoop Dogg about marijuana and stuff like that. So you're like, "Oh, I don't know where that goes," and and stuff. So it, it's it's really tough. And, and it's messy like life is and i think that we kind of need to treat it the same way we treat you know the people we encounter on the road and bring it back to hey how does uh jesus call us to uh treat the people we encounter um and we need to not be judgmental we need to be loving i mean you can almost turn it into like a joke of like you know the old uh you know hey eminem lady gaga and and uh you know kanye. Uh, do, do, and kanye walk into a bar you know or whatever or walk into a church you know uh you know it, it i think the key here is as we're in scripture and we're reading about when jesus walks into a crowd and the whole crowd is going see that guy over there his name is zach he rips people off all the time don't talk to him he's bad he's bad and Jesus like, let's go to dinner. Um, you know, it, it was like, whoa, why did Jesus do that? You know, um, does that mean that we, you know, we should start listening to his music? We, we, we could, again, bring it back to these passages we've been talking about. As we're in scripture, these scripture passages are going to talk about when we're pursuing Christ, here's the stuff that's flowing from our life. And part of that is love, compassion, kindness, grace, forgiveness. And so hopefully we're going to have that even as we look at these stars up there that are that are messed up like us. And we aren't going to be judgmental, but at the same time, we're also going to be, you know, if we start listening to tracks and, and they're talking about some profane stuff, hey, you know what? Uh, I might have used to been like that, but I'm not like that anymore because mm. now I'm with Christ. Um, so we just need to keep that perspective. I love that, Jonathan. I think that's a good place to to bring this particular conversation in for a landing. And if for whatever reason, you know, you happen to think about Eminem this week, hmm. um, shoot up a prayer for him. And I, I think that would be a, a fine thing to do here because uh, it seems like something is happening. And as we've said, we'll have to pay attention to see what happens from here. And I right. think it's just a reminder that nobody is outside of God's reach, uh, even if we might, from a human perspective, be tempted to think that it seems like. Maybe, maybe God is at work in Eminem's and, life, and God can use any avenue, exactly, even those that we don't think are are usable, exactly. Well, this week we're going to conclude with a new mini segment to help you and your family go deeper in forging a connection between pop culture and your family's faith. So, here is our question, and as we've done in the past, you're going to have thirty seconds to answer. So don't. Don't think that you're uh, you're off the hook as far as Mr. Timer goes here. What's one movie you and your family could watch that could lead to a fruitful conversation about spiritual themes or questions? And that, and I have couched that question really broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and Emily gets to go first. What would be no. a good spiritual conversation <laughs> starter? Emily has said she won't go first, so. Um, as I get my timer ready, you guys can you guys can fight over who wants okay, to. Okay, fine, I'll go first. Who wants yeah. to go first? <laughs> All right, Mister Who's, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I'm giving you 30 seconds. So go. I'm gonna call back on a 1956 movie called Friendly Persuasion. Oh, it's a Gary Cooper movie, and it's about this guy who is a Quaker, 
and his family is a farmer and they have to he has to sort of wrestle with it, this idea uh, it takes place in the civil war uh or at the time of the civil war he has to wrestle with the idea of of violence and when you can or should not and and then standing true to your values your christian values in in light of all the other things around you <laughs> you got a lot in in 30 seconds so thank you yeah, again the name of the movie Friendly Persuasion. Friendly Persuasion. 1956. Right. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. Who's next? Emily? Jonathan? Jonathan? Emily? Jonathan, I think you look like you're ready to go. Oh, Jonathan, man. you are leaning into the mic. so I'm poised. You're poised. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Sure. Here we go. Okay, pop quiz listeners. I've said it many times before when we've talked about this. Come on. Go ahead, throw in the comments. What movie am I going to say? I'm going to say Signs oh, yeah. by M. Night because that scene with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix talking about, is there somebody out there as we're going through all this? And it's just such a powerful conversation. The whole movie is about seeking, is there someone there when we're going through all this stuff? And it's just, it just springboards great conversation. All right. Love it. Signs. Emily, what do you got for us? All right. So I'm going to go with the Book of Eli. Um, I think that this movie uh, is challenging because there is a lot of violence in it. Um, it stands out Washington, right? Yes. and yeah. But yeah. you've got yeah. this guy. He's the last person on earth who's a Christian or at least the last person who knows about the Bible. And he's memorized the entire thing. And I think I think that's a challenge because we take it for granted, you know, that we have copies of the Bible that we can read. You know, we sat here quoting it today. And it's like, but what if we were to memorize the entire thing? I love it. What if we were to memorize the entire thing? The book of Eli. So I am going to go with a 2011 movie called The Adjustment Bureau. Hmm. Based on a Philip K. Dick story, you may know he loves to play with the intersection of free will and predestination. And this is a story about a couple that begins to realize that there are these angelic beings that are sort of directing their path and they're being forced to go a certain way. And it raises the question, what if they get off the path? What happens to the story then? So that is 2011's The Adjustment Bureau. Well, the interesting thing about that, we named a lot of films and there are a lot of films out there. They may not necessarily be uh, faith-focused yeah. films, but there are a lot of films that raise these questions that we can then, as a family, talk about and discuss our own faith and how it fits into into the world around us. Yeah, and I thought that that would be a fun question to ask on the heels of our conversation about Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. That we can begin to let Scripture inform the way we're thinking about Movies that deal with spiritual themes, right? right? And right. and some of them may have spiritual themes that line up very closely with what we believe, and we can kind of cheer at that. Others may be a mixed bag, and we can say, okay, this is good, but this we have a question about. And as we yeah. do that as a family, what it does is it equips our kids to think critically for themselves uh, you know, when it's not family movie night on a Thursday night and they're like, oh, I don't want to watch a movie tonight. I just want to go play Fortnite. Okay, no, we're watching a movie and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little window 
into my family's life. And I hope that this has been encouraging for you as well and giving you some ideas on movies you guys might consider. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today at The Plugged In Show. And if you've enjoyed our conversation, again, please tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best way to get our show out there. You can also leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use. And we would also love to hear from you. What passages of scripture do you think are most important in terms of shaping your entertainment choices? What do you think about Eminem rapping about Jesus? And what are some of your favorite movies with spiritual themes? You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And if you want to learn more, be sure to check out our full reviews for each of the things that we have talked about today. And you will find links to all of those things on our episode page for today's show. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us again this week. We value it. We appreciate your investment in this important aspect of your family's life. We hope that we can be an encouragement and a guide as you navigate the world of pop culture and technology. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Messing up at school can be embarrassing, but Average Boy is used to it. He tries, fails, and tries again thanks to help from his friends Billy, Jenny, and Sarah. Join Average Boy in his very first fun-filled novel called Average Boy's Above Average Year. He deals with bullies, homework, and more while following God and showing God's love to others. Check out this book, perfect for the 8-12 to year olds in your life, at AverageBoy.org. That's AverageBoy.org.